Welcome to episode one, Oprah and a New Earth. Welcome to the Ambassadors of Joy. We are about to take you on a journey full of love and joy created for us to explore the world of business through the lens of practical spirituality. My name is Priya. And my name is Amy. We're two friends and we want to explore popular books of our times and come up with three inspired actions or tools we can add to our toolkit to help us build more clarity, well-being, and abundance in our lives. Yes, and we are super excited to get this started. In this episode, our first book will be A New Earth, Awakening to Your Life's Purpose by Eckhart Tolle. And just a reminder, we have never read these books before. We have not. The reason why we are reading some of these books for the first time during our podcast together is that we love to get this first impression feeling of the essence of this book and how we are reading it and how we're reacting to it. So hopefully you guys will enjoy this journey with us. And appreciate these fresh takes. Yes, yes. And and it's another way of looking at books that you may have read before months ago or even yesterday or even a year ago. The summary of this book is that it encourages us to live our lives in each present moment and to create happiness for ourselves without emphasizing material possessions. Tolle's intent is to change the way human beings think, and he envisions a world population that is increasingly humble, enlightened, and pure. So before we begin this episode, we'd love to start this off by setting our intention together and do a quick meditation. So for those of us who have not um, had a chance to partake in a meditation before, what we're going to do is Amy is going to make a chiming sound with her chimes here. And we're going to take about 30 seconds to just quiet our minds and focus on our breathing and think passively about the intention for this episode. Let's set our intention, as this is our first time together, to do some deep listening and open our hearts and just really have fun with us on this podcast so that we can gain some inspired actions and take this and reflect on some things that have happened in our lives in the past week and really apply it going forward to bring us some more clarity. I love it. Shall we meditate on this intention too? Let's do it. I have some chimes. Yay. So these are Tibetan silver chimes. I'm going to ring it once and that will begin our meditation. Those chimes are so powerful. It really clears your energy, doesn't it? It does. I feel refreshed after a few seconds. Oh my gosh, that was perfect. Yeah, so that will help us reset so that we can focus inward before we begin. And we'll do this every time. Awesome. 
Cool. Well, let's get started. So since this is our episode number one, woohoo! Yay! Yay. <laughs> we would love to take a few minutes to tell you a little bit more about us. You know our names, Priya and Amy. You know that we're friends. You know that we're kind of silly together. I think you could probably already tell from the couple of minutes that mm-hmm. you've been with us. Um, but uh, let's let's tell you about how we met, um, Amy. So we dated <laughs> after I graduated college. She made me dump my boyfriend at the time. Um, Her boyfriend really hated me back then. <laughs> she took me out. We had a couple of drinks. It was, I think I was like 20 something, like 21. I never really like had my first you know, clubbing experience. And she's like, let's do it. <laughs> and it was wonderful. That's how our friendship lost. <laughs> Sounds like a very, them. very sketchy date in the context of dating. Right. And the first business <laughs> idea out of that was we want to we want to create a club together. <laughs> how far have we come? <laughs> anyway, the, the, the other side of that story also <laughs> is that we met um, at a medical device startup where that was actually my first job coming out of studying product design at Stanford, where Amy also was at the time um, studying product design, and she was an intern at the startup when I joined. Um, so we were both, I think we were the only two girls in the department, you know, right. full of guys, engineers. Yes. Uh, we were in the R&D engineering group of this of this startup, um, and, uh, and we just hit it off. I think from the get-go and our energies just matched and um, since we were both studying product design we would find ourselves brainstorming geeking out new ideas geeking out over new concepts and um, and we took on a a couple of projects including one really big one that we um, convinced that the startup to to let us do and we created our own little design studio (laughs) in the back of the company where we would just hang out and and work and kind of play together. Yeah. So you'll you'll see a lot of that that playful energy throughout our episodes as well because that is really how we like to explore new topics and hang out and and discuss life and learn more about life together and that is the energy that we hope to bring to you as well. Yes. I couldn't have said it better myself because we basically have telepathy when we're together. <laughs> we complete each other's sentences. We play off of each other. So hopefully this is enjoyable for you as much it is for us. <laughs> but yeah, so we went on after that to, Amy said not to not to um, age us on this podcast. But, 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 you can, um, <laughs> you can. You, you have permission to do that. We, we went on to take on a number of different executive roles, like VP of product roles, director of product roles. Um, at various companies in the Silicon Valley. And along the way, a few other things, you know, happened in our personal lives where we began to start to evaluate our spiritual journey and think about and start reflecting on some deeper questions as, you know, we know a lot of you have been doing as well. So we've explored Buddhism, we've explored the law of attraction, yes. and compiled basically a number of different kind of concepts and ways of understanding the world that, that we have been looking at. Yes. And the funny thing is when we started to talk about spirituality with each other, we didn't know how to make spirituality practical 
in our daily lives. We would meditate, we would read these Buddhist texts, we would be like, oh, what is reincarnation? What is what is all these alternate realities? How does that how does that apply in any of my daily lives? Like, what does that have to do with what I'm doing physically here day to day? And it isn't until recently that we have cracked the code, I would say. <laughs> and still working on and it. And still working on it. As we talk with yes. you guys. And when we realize that the most successful people of this planet actually are pretty spiritual, and they incorporate a lot of the concepts that Priya mentioned, like the law of attraction and and whatnot, to really empower themselves to reach the level of productivity, of success that they have today. It is, it is at that realization that we had, that intersection between spirituality and business, that we reflect it and say, oh, wow. We haven't been living like this for the last like 10 years of our lives, and we really should. So this podcast is really a way for us to dissect that and reflect on that and share that with you. Right. And to and to talk about and discuss how it is possible to bridge spirituality with business and with success. I think I hear a lot of people around me, um, including I just had this conversation with um, a fellow uh, entrepreneur and CEO last week about how, you know, when you're meditating, for example, one school of thought is that you are getting rid of all of your desires. So if you get rid of all your desires, where does your motivation come? How can I still succeed in the things that I'm doing in my day-to-day life if I become a spiritual person? <laughs> so so we are here to bridge both of those worlds and explore and discuss and share how they are not mutually exclusive and how it is possible and how it will help us thrive to bridge both of those worlds together. So without further ado, let's start diving into our book, which is a perfect example of bridging spirituality and success. Yes. Did you want to talk about how we came across this book, Amy? The origin of this podcast was was me going through Facebook, actually, (laughs) and finding this post that Tim Ferriss posted. And he was showing us photos of CEO's bookshelves showing us what books they would read because, you know, successful CEOs read about one or two books a week. And we all know that they're prolific readers and that that's how they learn. And so I got this idea, ran it by Priya, and we're like, let's do it. Let's figure out whether or not we can read these books and apply a spiritual lens to it as we've been learning about spirituality and business in our own practice. And it's also something that we had already kind of been doing on our own on the side. Right. So we would just sit down together. I visited Amy in New York. (laughs) I live in the Bay Area. Amy lives in New York. I visited her, um, I think it was about a month ago now, although it seems a little bit, um, it seems like it was like a year ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I remember sitting, we were both sitting in, um, in, in a bedroom and just, that was my, that was my room while I was in town. And we were, reading a book that her husband recommended we read and we got so much out of reading like three paragraphs and we got so many more insights than you know you would imagine from reading the entire book so because of our background in studying spirituality in the past year right which has opened up so many different ways of Mm -hmm. reading this book exactly or any book yeah 
So anyway. Yeah, so we read a few pages of that book. Yeah. And we talked for hours. Yeah. Back to Eckhart Tolle. (laughs) Yeah, so we, um, we came by this book actually um, from my journey of trying to look for this other book by Malcolm Gladwell called The Tipping Point. And I couldn't find that book and I knew I had it. And I was like, where is this book? So I came back to L.A. By the way, I live in New York. So I, my family's in L.A. I was in L.A. a couple weeks ago. And for some reason, Tipping Point was on, on my desk in L.A. in my bedroom. Mm. But the funny thing is I looked over and I saw A New Earth by Edgar Tolle. It was right next to that book. It was right next to it. So I was like, forget the tipping point. Like, what, <laughs> what is this New Earth book? And I had remember that this was the book that Oprah Winfrey has given us, um, my class of 2008, for our Stanford graduation. It's a gift that she has gifted to thousands of us. It was on our, it was on our chair. Um, she wanted to give us cars, but she said she couldn't pull that off. <laughs> so she gave, gave us two books, and one of them is um, Edgar Tolle. A New Earth, Awakening to Your Life's Purpose. And at the time, I didn't think too much about it. I flipped through it, and I was like, I don't understand this. So I left it, and when I saw this book, I was like, wait a minute. There's some message here that I'm probably missing. So I told Priya about this story, and we both went back to rewatch Oprah's speech during the 2008 commencement. Yes, and I don't think I had ever seen it before, actually. So I watched it for the first time, and oh my gosh, I could not stop messaging Amy while I was watching it because her entire commencement speech is simply the law of attraction in practice and how she has leveraged that in her life and all of the spiritual concepts that we've been talking about in order to reach her high levels of success and bridge that with service to others. So a truly fantastic speech and a fantastic homage, I guess, to all of the different concepts, to use that word, that, that, that we've been studying and we've been learning. So we are very, very excited to dive into Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth. For the first time ever for, for the me. first time ever. Besides flipping through it and said, no, this wasn't for me <laughs> years ago. <laughs> now, not not to age us. So now, now, now a few years later, <laughs> just a few years later, yes. we're going back to this, this book and I think it shall resonate a lot more. Okay, so we've never done this before. We're winging this. So let's see. So Amy is opening up the book. Let's pick a spot. Pick something that you that speaks out to you. So I'm just going to flip through it and see what I can find. And I think I saw something about ego, actually. Oh, I love the topic of ego. Actually, that was the that was the page that I flipped to. Ooh. Ego is an entire chapter. Wow. So chapter 2 is all about the ego and it says ego, the current state of humanity. Hmm. So maybe we can read the introduction of chapter two. Do you want to do that? Yes. So it's on page 25. In case any of you have this, feel free to follow along. Ego, the current state of humanity. Words, no matter whether they are vocalized and made into sounds or remain unspoken as thoughts, can cast an almost hypnotic spell upon you. You easily lose yourself in them become hypnotized into implicity, believing that when you have attached a word to something, you know what it is. The fact is, you don't know what it is. You have only covered up to the mystery with the label, 
everything, a bird, a tree, even a simple stone, and certainly a human being is ultimately unknowable. This is because it has unfathomable depth. All we can perceive, experience, think about is the surface layer of reality, less than the tip of an iceberg. That is so true. You know, that already reminds me of something, actually, that I... I forgot if it was a book that I was a Buddhist book that I was reading or something that um, a monk had told us to do at one of my trips during the temple. But um, it's this idea of of labels and how when we we look at things and you know the material world like a table or a stool, we call it a table, we call it a stool. And then we've learned these labels to easily categorize things and get through the world. But we're so attached to these labels now that it actually prevents us from understanding the true nature of things. And connecting to the true nature of things on a deeper level. Right. Exactly. Besides the surface. Under the surface, that's what he's talking about, right? Yeah. Less than the tip of an iceberg. Right. So it's almost like... The the less we question the labels and the categories with which, you know, using that as a lens with which we see the world, right? Because this, this what we're doing here is all about evaluating the lens with which we look at right. things. The more we just use our default lenses without questioning them and without thinking deeper, the the less substance we're actually getting. We're only getting the default perceptions, the default understandings. And the funny thing is, it's an agreement by everyone else as well. So by using those labels, you're basically just saying, I'm agreeing with what everyone else is perceiving right? to be the name that we have given to that object. Yeah. Should we share a little bit with the audience your story of diversity? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> because the the concept of labels reminds me of that conversation that we had. I was thinking about <laughs> that conversation. What a great topic to begin the first episode with. Yeah, it's just this realization I had. So I was in a work environment for a while that uh, placed a lot of focus on diversity and inclusion. Um, and, you know, we we see this all around the Silicon Valley now, which is obviously some of the intentions are really good in terms of promoting diversity, promoting diversity, embracing all of us and who we are. But there was something off about how that organization was actually implementing these these philosophies and these thoughts and this, these kind of initiatives. Um and uh, I remember this one instance that happened with um, a, a colleague of mine where she, you know, everybody uses Slack at the company. And, of course, you are you have different colored emojis to reflect <laughs> your skin tone. Yes. And, and whatnot. And, uh, and, and my colleague's white. And in this material representation and the terms that we, we all use, and she used a darker color emoji to respond to something in, in the chat. And she, by just to let you all know, she is also the 
the person in charge of diversity inclusion committee. So she is super, super involved and super um, really resonates with making sure that just how she is as a person, she wants to make sure everybody feels welcome, everybody is taken care of. So she is the most amazing individual. And somebody at the company had an issue with the skin tone that she used (laughs) in her emoji. And because she's white and she used a darker skin color emoji, they had a problem with this. And they complained to their boss. And their boss complained to her boss. And <laughs> this then is the it most went down. Story. And then and then she found out about it in some meeting later, or like a one-on-one with her boss. And it was presented to her in this, you know, very, very, very serious manner. And that situation. So I, I got on a call with Amy and I brought that up with her. And it just blew my mind. Blew my mind too. We're talking about diversity and inclusion but we're we're doing it in order to make sure everybody feels accepted but by paying so much attention to, to the, the label and the outside like the exterior of of who we are and mirroring ourselves to that and being like no only because i'm a you know this color cuz i'm a blue skinned person <laughs> only i can use a blue skin emoji it furthers this idea and this concept of i i i i this is how i am this is me which furthers the ego and furthers the connection between you and you know all of these this material aspects of your physical body what we actually want to do is the opposite of that, that the intention is to unify people, to help them feel good together, to bring people together. So we were just, you know, we thought it was so interesting, this like dichotomy of the intentions versus how it's executing. It's actually doing the opposite of what the intention is. Yeah, this whole concept of diversity taken to the next level where we no longer feel comfortable in our own element, in a sense, and we feel like our skin tone and our culture is the definitive answer to who we are. And we're we're being so attached to that identity that we're not able to actually connect with other people on an emotional level. On a deeper level, further yes. than the tip of the iceberg. Yes, Like Eckhart Tolle just says. Yes, that's exactly right. And... And as you were saying, Priya, it really creates separation. It actually divides us. It's, I was joking. I was saying, isn't it funny that diversity has the word divide or the sound divide in there? It totally is. It should be unity and inclusion. Right. So, you know, does a company promote diversity or do they want to promote unity mm-hmm. awareness? Right. right. So... Awesome. Yeah, so that that was the first passage. Do you want to pick the second passage? I will. Okay. Let's do that. Triggers, breaking free. I like this one. We love triggers. (laughs) Let's talk about unhappiness, page 172. This is a great book. I mean, not that we've read it, but (laughs) we get the vibe that it is. Speaking to us. It's speaking to us. Okay. Unhappiness. Not all unhappiness is of the pain body. Some of it is new unhappiness created whenever you are out of alignment with the present moment. 
when the now, and he capitalizes the word now, when the now is denied in one way or another. <laughs> so good. When you recognize that the present moment is always already the case and therefore inevitable, you can bring an uncompromising inner yes to it. And so not only create no further unhappiness, but with inner resistance gone, you find yourself empowered by life, capitalized, itself. That is so beautiful. It reminds me of how, well, that this whole this whole paragraph is the basis of law of attraction, mm-hmm. and the idea of how when you're not in your own alignment, you introduce resistance, and when you introduce resistance, you can't actually move forward and actually be present. If you if you're not present, how can you even move forward in your life? So you become paralyzed. We have so much baggage that we bring with us into each moment of our lives. We have all of our limiting beliefs, our fears, things that were told to us as we were growing up, expectations from our boss, from our parents, from ourselves. We're like our biggest self-critic. And those are all manifestations of resistance. And when you have these resistance in your state of being, you can't actually have clarity. And when you don't have clarity, you're not in the present moment at all. And when you're not present, you can't actually make decisions to move forward. That is so true. And um, and this reminds me of this notion that, you know, some, some people, some of you may have that out there. Um, that meditation, for example, as a tool, actually, um, we talked about it earlier, actually compromises your sense of motivation. Mm. And so we're here to talk about, you know, bridging spirituality and success. And I feel like this paragraph, even for me in my life right now, is so relevant. I was actually getting, as you know, Amy, getting stressed out about this podcast. <laughs> and the whole the whole intention behind doing this podcast together for us is to play together and to have fun and to have fun together and to share while having fun all of, you know, the the the, the meaningful concepts that we feel like we are learning and share those and, and spread that joy with people. And I, you know, I was in that a couple of days, I think it was building up all this, this stress inside me. And it was because of this very thing that Eckhart Tolle talks about. And this very thing that meditation helps with is this over concern about the past or the future mm-hmm. and what may happen or what, what may has not happened, happen, what has happened and not focusing on the now, capitalize <laughs> the now, N-O-W, the present moment. And it also reminds me, Amy, of this, how much has changed for us since we started exploring this topic of joy. You know, our podcast is called Ambassadors of Joy for a reason. Yes. And it's really because we've we've been trained our whole lives with this concept this limiting belief that 
hard work will make you successful. But in reality, it's not so much hard work. It's more being in alignment with yourself and what brings you joy and finding and marrying those opportunities with success with the things that bring you joy. And that is how we can maximize our potentials. And how do we understand what brings us joy is by focusing on the now, now. capitalized, yes. the present moment. Yes. You know, I think a year ago, I <laughs> I bought this book called Be Here Now for myself. And I had no idea how to read this book. I was telling you about this yesterday because we were just talking about it. It's um, by Ram Das, and um, we could talk on and on about his work, right? But we're not going to digress further on that because we could always bring it back up. But this book is is also it's also something that was unfamiliar to us because it was full of illustrations. It was printed on brown paper, and you read it, you know, page to page, and every page has so much essence within it that you can just dive so deep into every single word and so I flipped through this book and I'm like I don't understand any of this but it was so amazing the title of the book is copy her now and I bought it for myself and I gave Priya a copy and I feel like that was really the genesis of us diving a little deeper into our spirituality is is starting on this concept of what does it mean to be here in this moment? What are all these ways that we can peel the onion to get to the essence of that word now, 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 now? I love it. Yeah. I love it. We have two inspired actions so far from what we've read. Just uh, to recap from our first passage, it's to to look at things beyond the label. Yes. Right? And to, to ask yourself about what what is really there that you're looking at on a deeper level. And the second one is simply to be here now. So beautiful and powerful. Yeah. Just those two alone. Just those two alone. Could really change um, your perception. And the way that you carry yourself into each moment of your life. I love it. Are you guys ready for a third one? Yes. Well, I am. (laughs) Okay. You were talking about triggers. Yeah, it's in that same chapter. So maybe I could find something about triggers there because we love triggers. There it is. We found it. I'm just going to read it. Let's do it. It's just called triggers. (laughs) Okay. Some pain bodies react to only one particular kind of trigger or situation. What's a pain body, by the way? You know, I don't know in in what Eckhart Tolle is saying. Should I go back to yeah, figure out what a pain body is? Because we've been using that word in these passages, so we should let's take a look at what that means. There's two things that talks about the pain body. There is this one called the return of the pain body, and mm. then the second one is the pain body in children. So return of the pain body. Let's do that. And triggers. So he says, I sat down at a table and ordered a meal. There were a few other guests at a nearby table. There was a middle aged man in a wheelchair who was just finishing his meal. 
He glanced at me once, briefly but intensely. A few minutes passed. Suddenly, he became restless, agitated. His body began twitching. The waiter came to take his plate. The man started arguing with him. The food was no good. It was dreadful. Then why did you eat it? Asked the waiter. And that really set him off. He started shouting, became abusive. Vile words were coming out of his mouth. Intense, violent hatred filled the room. One could feel that energy entering the cells of one's body, looking for something to latch onto. This is getting good. Yeah. <laughs> Now he was shouting at the other guests too, but for some strange reason, ignoring me completely as I sat in an in intense presence. I suspected that the universal human pain body had come back to tell me, "You thought you defeated me. Look, I'm still here." I also considered the possibility that the released energy field left behind after our session followed me into the restaurant and attached itself to the one person in whom it found compatible vibrational frequency. That is to say, a heavy pain body. Um. Should I stop there? Yes. This is. This is. There's a lot in here. There's a lot in there. Wow, I didn't know we were gonna dive so deep in our first episode. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm still digesting. What are your thoughts on that so far? So when I read this, I had this visual of this vile, negative, hostile energy that built up in that restaurant. Huh. That vision of it in my head, because. I think that's what Tolle was trying to describe with his words.、Mm-hmm. He talked about this vibrational frequency of this energy that was latching onto him and onto anyone who is also experiencing this concept of pain body.、Mm-hmm. So, in my interpretation, it sounds like the t- pain body in in this case is describing how we feel agitated. Hmm. At times, how、hmm. we how things trigger us to complain about certain situations that makes us feel uncomfortable in our skin. And in this case, is the old man who had some food that, in his in his perception,、mm-hmm. didn't really love, and that set him off. That set off his pain body. The pain body has returned.、Mm. It's like the negative energy body. Yes, I could see that if he has an aura. And if it was golden before this trigger happened, yeah, that now that this trigger happened for him, it's now all, you know, red. Maybe red is the, I think red is the root chakra that personifies your anguish sometimes,、mm-hmm. your survival instincts,、mm-hmm. and your reactive instincts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So instead of being this calm, golden, white, or even blue color. I could sense that it's turned to this like bright red, burning sensation of the pain body. Interesting. So it says that this released energy field will be staying behind in this restaurant, and it will be following me and attaching itself to whomever、oh. it found a compatible vibrational frequency match. So the pain body is that energy field. Yes. That attaches itself to the body. Yes. Correct, or any or any other pain bodies that they can relate to. So, if you are in pain 
or something's agitating you, and I'm in, I'm also projecting this type of mm-hmm. energy, you will basically we we would be a vibrational match to make that happen further. We will be building momentum towards that. So it's um, also pulling back that law of attraction and, and and bringing that in. It's this idea of like attracts like. Mm-hmm. This idea of you know how everything, everything in the universe, we we are all energy. We're all energy. Energy has different vibrations, and whatever vibrations you find yourself in, you will attract similar vibrations to you. And this pain body example is a perfect example of the lower vibrations clinging to other lower Lower vibrations. vibrations. Triggering. Triggering, right. And so the trick is to bring yourself up to higher and higher vibrations so you are constantly attracting those same vibrations and better and better situations for yourself, particularly, you know, in the case of work and business, in any case, right? In any case, relationships, but all, but also in terms of building abundance, in terms of the opportunities that we all seek. Yes. It's funny when you mention work because the word toxic work environment comes to mind when we're talking about this um, pain body, this... I guess, pain body frequency and energy that Tole is describing in this passage. I could see how the toxic environment becomes a, a phrase, a term that people latch onto because they can actually, when you walk into a room, you can actually feel the energy of a room. Does it, does it feel toxic? Does it feel joy? Does it feel happy? Does, does it have clarity? You can actually experience that when you walk into a room. So if we find ourselves in a toxic environment, or in the case with the emoji example, (laughs) somebody kind of imposing those negative energies onto us, how can we... How can we handle ourselves in those situations? Well, I think it's awareness. It's also what Edgar Tolle mentions here, right? Because the title of this section is called The Pain Body Has Returned. Mm -hmm. And when he, he says that he has intense presence in the context of this old man lashing out and latching onto the old man's pain body. But because he's witnessing this manifestation of this pain body in the old man, he himself is being triggered. And his own pain body is saying to him, you thought you defeated me. Look. I am still here. So it's his awareness that he has a pain body because we can't really do anything about our frequencies and our vibrations without the awareness of where it is at at the moment. Mm-hmm. So having awareness of it again be is here the now. first step. Yes. Yes. If you're not present, you can't right. you can't have the awareness of what's actually happening within you. You would just think that things are happening to you. And you feel like you're, you don't have control over the situation. In fact, you, your vibration is matching those situations' vibration and mm-hmm. is attracting them to you. So having awareness, I believe, is what I would say to that question that you propose. How do we manage when we are greeted 
with toxic people, environment, situations, whatever that is. That sounds so on the money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This will give you money. <laughs> shall we? Shall we just look at the triggers chapter as well? Since we were right, we're so curious. <laughs> There's just so much in here that is so good. Okay, I found it. Yay! Some pain bodies react to only one particular kind of trigger or situation, which is usually one that resonates with a certain kind of emotional pain suffered in the past. For example, if a child grows up with parents for whom financial issues are the source of frequent drama and conflict, he or she may absorb the parent's fear. Around money and develop a pain body that is triggered whenever financial issues are involved. The child, as adult, gets upset or angry even over insignificant amounts of money. Behind the upset or anger lies issues of survival and intense fear. I have seen spiritual, that is to say, relatively conscious people who started to shout, blame, and make accusations the moment they picked up the phone to talk to their stockbroker or realtor. <laughs> Just as there is a health warning on every package of cigarettes, perhaps there should be a similar warning on every banknote and bank statement. Money can activate the pain body and cause complete unconsciousness. <laughs> This is that's really interesting because I think there a lot of us have limiting beliefs around how to generate money, what money is like, the effect that it has on our lives, and so for me, I know a lot of. Personal realizations that have helped me have been around unblocking my limiting beliefs around building abundance and just my limiting beliefs in general. So for me, that is a great inspired action to think about think about the fears that you have that might be popping up. That's triggering because this is this is the triggers, right? The fears that is triggering you to react a certain way, like why? Why is money such a big trigger for all of us?、Mm -hmm. Like, what are some of our limiting beliefs that's tied to it? Yeah, and exploring why we might have those fears. Is it going back to something that happened to us when we were children? Is there a specific scenario or a specific person in our lives? Who maybe who had that fear themselves, and then we kind of absorb that fear, but it's not、that、really、energy. our belief. Yes, yes, this is great. Now I'm gonna have to read every single page of this book. We highly、it's, recommend reading this book. <laughs> it's going to take me a year because every every、um, sentence is going to take take me a couple of minutes at the very least to dissect and reflect on. Yeah, it's been incredible. Well, so that was a new earth by Eckhart Tolle. And to summarize the three inspired actions that we have come up with through looking at that book,、um, the first one is to look at things beyond the label. So when you're interfacing with an object or a person or any even any situation, any concept, anything. Really, take a moment to think about it at a deeper level, and ask yourself, what is that thing really about underneath the label 
that I have defaulted to categorizing it with. The second inspired action is be here now. Yes, my favorite. Live in the present moment. Cultivate the practices such as meditation that bring you clarity in the present moment and cultivate an awareness of where you are now. And this awareness of yourself and your energies and where you might have certain, you know, happy vibrations, certain blocks, this will help you navigate through toxic environments when you're faced with them and also help you welcome and become more vibrationally in tune with the environments that will be really good for you. And the third inspired action is around this notion of triggers to think about the fears that you have that might be triggered on a day-to-day basis and really understanding and diving deep into and asking why. Why do these fears exist? Why do they come up? What is the root cause of them? And how could they be preventing progress, particularly since we're here to talk about business and and Mary's spirituality with our, you know, the, the, the part of our life that brings us quote-unquote success. How are these fears blocking my ability to do that, to be successful and to go for what I want to go for? That is so beautiful. You know, I think we should probably introduce the five steps of regeneration as a tool for our audience on our website somewhere to talk and work through the triggers. I think that would be a great one um, as we are here to help you guys build your toolkit to really help you find that clarity. So we'll post that on our website. So check back. Also see the the show notes and um, you'll see links to Oprah's commencement speech, um, the Eckhart Tolle book, A New Earth, that we read today, and any other things we might have mentioned. You'll find them in in the show notes. So with with all this in mind, um, Amy, shall we end with um, a, a little bit of an intention? Yes, let's do that. So I'm going to do the bells one more time. So we can set our intentions. Should we set our intentions first? Let's let's set our intentions first. (laughs) (laughs) I get that look from Priya and she's like, you're not doing it right. This is your first time. You're doing it all wrong. No, nobody. (laughs) There's no right or wrong. Yes. It was more like a question. Yeah, question question face. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay, so let's just set our intention and then I will do the bells and the chimes and we'll let that sink in. So let's set our intentions to go forward with our day and our week to really think through and reflect on the three inspired actions today, to be here now, to reflect on our triggers, to look at things beyond the label. And so may these three inspired actions bring you much more clarity and happiness and joy in your life.
I am loving these chimes. They are so nice. You know, my dad's been using them to announce that he's awake in the morning. <laughs> It's like right next to、um, my one of my Buddha statues, and then he would just like come out in the morning at like 10 a.m. because he's watched golf to like 3 a.m. in the morning, and he would just like ding <laughs> to announce that he's 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 awake. And I was telling him this is not for that purpose, but you know. <laughs> Labels, labels. Yeah, do what、so、we want. Let's think beyond the label. Yes, <laughs> we're already using our, our inspired actions. Right. Whatever Thank, brings you joy. Whatever brings you joy. Thank you so much for joining us on this journey today on this podcast episode. We are so happy that that you've been with us,、um, partaking in this wonderful energy. Feel free to take a look at the show notes, and、um, if you have any recommendations for books that you would. Like us to cover in an episode, give us a shout out on our website or email us, and let us know. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, everyone. Take care. If you listen to the show on iTunes, share the love, rate us, and give us some stars. It helps the show reach more people when you do that. You can also hear us on Simplecast, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify.